0: Hey everyone, Bob WPN, do the woo episode 116 with my partner in crime, Brad Williams. Hey Brad, how you doing today? Hey
1: Bob, I'm good, how are you doing?
0: Good, are you getting settled into your new place?
1: Yes, I'm coming live from my new house. Wow. I, was, I think this is the, actually I know this is the first podcast at all that I've done in my new house. So one, hopefully the internet holds out and yeah. uh, everything <laughs> works, but it's exciting. I got a different view out my window and... Um, been picking up a lot of boxes and moving them lately. So it's nice to take a bit of a break from that.
0: I can tell you that much. (laughs) All righty. Well, I should have opened up, you know, live from Brad's new house. It's (laughs) do the woo. Anyway, that would have been, yeah, real exciting, huh? Anyway, let's uh, go ahead and dive in because we have a great guest talking a lot about uh, well, he's a full stack developer, so you know what we're going to be talking about here and there, everywhere. But before I do that, let me just thank our two pod friends, uh, OS Training. If you need to give your clients more confidence in running their Woo shop, they have a great collection of WooCommerce tutorials that'll help them get mo- the most out of their site. And you know, as a builder, you will find a lot of training there as well to enhance your knowledge. And I know on the developer side of Woo, they're going to be even adding more training. So visit them at OSTraining.com. And our second pod friend, Yoast. You know Yoast. I know Yoast. I've had experience. We've all had experience with them. And Yoast SEO and WooCommerce is a great combo if you're serious about your store. It's in the top 10 most downloaded WordPress plugins worldwide. And if you head over to Yoast.com, you can... yeah. Basically it will result in driving more traffic to either your client site or your own Woo shop. So those are our pod friends I'd like to thank them. And, you know, I was going to ask David, our guest, what, how does pronounce his last name just for, I wouldn't butcher it, but I'm going to do it on the chance that I get it right. We have David Baumwald. Perfect. <laughs> All right, it was not too hard. I mean, I think my odds were pretty good with me there, but uh, but I I, th- I I have a tendency, you know, to even make the easiest screw ups. So, how are you doing today, David?
2: I'm well, and you'd for be forgiven if you mispronounce it because I go by David B in WordPress Core to make it easy for everybody.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah, I know. That's why I did the Bob WP years ago. I figure, you know, it's it's so
2: much easier than done. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. That, that's such a hard one to you know. Except there is doing and done and potato potatoes. Anyway, how do you do the way? How do you do the woo, David?
2: I do the woo by helping medium, small, large size e commerce outfits connect. Their business processes with their website, Uh, whether that's automating, whether it's reporting, analytics, you name it. Um, I'm involved pretty much throughout the entire stack in customizing whatever a business comes to me with. Uh, I have a saying that I never told a client no as long as they can describe what they want me to build on the back of a big enough check.
0: Perfect. And we have a lot to talk about, but before we do that, I know you've been um, doing web stuff for quite some time from our previous conversation before the show. Can you, in a nutshell, maybe it can't be done in a nutshell, but kind of give us how you got into WordPress and ultimately WooCommerce. I don't know if that was the order, but um, just a little bit of background there.
2: Sure. So actually, I... Started in e-commerce, which I realize is somewhat weird. I know there's other people out there that that have a similar path to me, but uh, probably 16, 17 years ago now, I worked on a friend's website, knew nothing, and uh, it used what they call OS Commerce. And that used to be the go to e-commerce solution online uh, to the point where. When you logged into cPanel, it was one of the first five pre-install apps. Um, it has, it's now a, a legacy type thing, um, but I was heavily involved in that community for all of the 2000s, um, and it stagnated, um, and the developers rested on their laurels, and it, it really was huge. Um, and actually, they're still... Some rather large names that you would know that are still running this behind the scenes. Um, it's sad, but at the same time, it works. Um, so I've been working on e-commerce for, for that long. And then what happened is we, I got outsourced or, or contract work for a WordPress site. Um it was actually for the American Egg Board. <laughs> was my first WordPress site. <laughs> I don't know if you remember those commercials from the 90s uh the incredible edible egg. Yeah, I remember those. But that's them. That's that's <laughs> them. And and we their website was awful and we did it in WordPress and that was my first exposure to WordPress back in I want to say 2011 or no 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 that had to have been 2009. Then um my first exposure to WooCommerce was actually, I will call it a personal health brand, um, and actually, this was to the point where it was a WordPress site, and they wanted to add e-commerce, and WooCommerce was alpha. It was not. It was not even beta when I tried this, and the reason I settled on it was because the client had a, a requirement to integrate Google checkout. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, WooCommerce was the only one that handled it out of the box at the time. And by WooCommerce work, it, uh, ended me, uh, brought me into WordPress core because, um, I realized that, you know, underneath WooCommerce is, is WordPress. And, You know, yes, you can rely on a lot of uh, WooCommerce stuff, but sometimes there's things that are abstracted that don't need to be, and you could utilize a lot of WordPress Core stuff underneath. Um, But there's a lot of great things in WooCommerce that add to WordPress Core, like Action Schedule. I use that a ton. Um, But nevertheless, that pretty much led me to WordPress Core a few years ago, been contributing here and there, and then 5.3. In WordPress core, I got picked up as a release lead by Josepha, me and Francesca Barano kind of have the shared journey together. I did 5.3, 5.4 and 5.5 and then helped behind the scenes mentor the 5.6 and 5.7 release Um, and then recently was named a a core committer by uh, by Matt. So I'm very excited about that, but I hope that sums it up.
1: Yeah, that's cool, and congrats on being a, a core committer. I mean, that's you definitely got to put in a lot of hard work and kind of earn that that trust and that place within the community, right? So, um, that speaks for itself. So, congrats and thanks for everything that you do from the uh, contributing to to WordPress and open source. Um, it's come a long way uh, with your help for sure. I think um, I love talking to people like you that have a long history with e-commerce because I, you know, I mentioned on the show, but prior to starting web dev, um, I too was in the e-commerce world as a director of IT at a large e-commerce company. So while the web was what I was hired in for and was my focus, uh, quickly became, you know, the classic um, IT guy that something's broken, it's technology, it must be, you must be able to fix it, right? So, you know, I quickly got involved in the warehousing side um, in systems, which were um, a very new area for me. I didn't know much about it. Um, I was in the website side of the house. Um, but clearly, there is the whole warehousing side, so when an order comes in, we would have to send it out to the warehouse. The warehouse would have to pick it, you know ship the order, that information would have to get back into our system. It was all cut very custom when I started. Um, you know, imagine the mid 2000s, there weren't a ton of like amazing platforms that you could just spin up quickly like there are today. So um, and you uh, you also have a pretty extensive history in the warehousing side of it. So that's why I thought we could kind of dig in a little bit, because I think it's a very interesting topic around WooCommerce is that warehousing and one you don't you don't hear mentioned often um, or often enough, primarily because it's stores of a certain size that are that are going to need a warehouse. Right. At the end of the day, if you're You know, a mom and pop store probably don't need a warehouse shipping products, right? Um, At least until things get very successful. Good problem to have if you got to get into a warehouse, but it opens up a ton of challenges. So um, I'm curious from your experience, you are using WooCommerce um, and one of your specialties is the warehousing component and how that hooks into WooCommerce for, you know, so people can run WooCommerce and still have, uh, you know, a properly and and, uh, efficient running warehouse. Is that right? Am I understanding that correctly?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I I lean heavily on, depending on the project, either the the WordPress core REST API or the the, the WooCommerce REST API. Um, sometimes custom stuff um, can sit out in front of that. It it just depends, but but yeah, it's it's integrating whether it's WooCommerce or or OS commerce or, or something custom or craft commerce, which is another one that's kind of rising um, Shopify. It, it doesn't matter. Um, we're actually pretty lucky these days that we can, you know, with it probably several years ago when we started this whole decoupled um, setup where we could kind of make it, make the front end agnostic as to what was running on the back end. Um, in terms of you know the whole REST API revolution and and whatnot, so whereas back in the day I was running everything was viewed on a web page on a big desktop that was connected to a computer. Um, these days we're the the employees of the warehouse are running around with little mobile devices that are that are handheld and everything is self-contained. Um, and those include uh, you know most most time either a laser or optical barcode scanner to interact with inventory, uh, packing slips for orders, um, emails from customers, or they, they bring in their their mobile phone and they scan to say, OK, I'm here to pick up an order, this sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it's all it's all it's it's really cool technology when it works well. And it's insanely frustrating technology when it often does not work well, <laughs> which was
2: it is, you it,
1: know, and I would assume it's still similar today than it was even 10 or 15 years ago with some of these challenges.
2: The, the challenges are, are there. Mm-hmm. They're just different. They, 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 they hide behind a different mask, which is now the hardware problems are still there. It's just a different hardware problem. Now you're dealing with um, – there are only a couple of companies that make these handheld devices, either Honeywell or Motorola Zebra, um, Symbol. They're all one company now. Um, and – The challenge there is is you have clients, they jump in and they buy these devices thinking, oh, this is going to be great and then not realize that, oh, Lord, this is running Android, you know, five or six. And it doesn't have a latest version of Chrome that needs to be able to talk to the keyboard events API (laughs) to where we can read a barcode scan from the optical scanner. Um, It's just different. And whereas back in the day, we had these, like I said, these individual base stations with a a little pistol grip barcode scanner that sat on the charger that was connected to a dedicated server. That server had a monitor and it they would have to open a dedicated Web page. And of course, since JavaScript and jQuery were, you know, just nascent, they there wasn't a lot of interactivity. It was all page refreshes and, and pop-ups and (laughs) just awful. So it has come a long way. It's I'd still take today over yesteryear, but the hardware challenges are still there. And I would say it's even more critical today to engage someone of expertise before you start making any decisions about hardware warehouse layout, um how how you deal with returns, these things these are huge questions that have implications that that if you decide to change them later on, they are massive undertakings.
1: Yeah, I remember um, another thing. If you're not familiar with warehousing systems, you can imagine it's one of those those areas where, as you peel back the onion, which David, which is some some of what you're touching on, but you start to peel back the onion and it it can get very complex quick. And it's one of those things you can always improve on. So imagine, you know, all the orders for the day are going out to the warehouse in real time. Someone picks up a gun to go scan the products and and you know pack all those orders essentially. Well, there's a whole algorithm and process to the efficiency of how that person walks up and down the aisles of the warehouse if they have to go to one end to get one product and back to the other end to get the second one and then back and back you can imagine how that is insanely inefficient versus starting at one side picking random products across multiple orders working their way through the warehouse in a logical order back to the shipping station so those type of challenges are one of the reasons why this stuff always fascinates me because as a developer you know this is like algorithm type stuff right like how do we how do we give that, that, that picker, that person, the most efficient path through the warehouse to get the products? Maybe it's based on how fast those products need to ship. If somebody orders something that's next day, you don't want it to get picked at the end of the day, right? You want to make sure that gets picked immediately so it can get on the truck that day and get out the door. So how, I mean, how have you come, you know, knowing some of these things that again, you kind of peel back, I gave one example, there's million other examples but how how are these being addressed? I guess with today tech today's technology, is is this stuff existing within WooCommerce? Are we now outside of WooCommerce and and uh, kind of bolting on um, third party services or other services that can help with that? Or like, what's your recommendation as an expert in this field for the past you know couple decades? around how from a high level, and I know everybody's situation is a little bit unique. Like you said, you need to sit down and really map this out. But at a high level, like where do you generally recommend people go with with this type of setup with WooCommerce specifically?
2: If there's one piece of advice I could give, it would be to to not actually integrate too tightly with WooCommerce or WordPress core or whatever you're using. I, I would extend those to just be essentially providers of data. Um, of course, you know, going back to your example of, let's say, a, a what we call a priority order, um, you know, when you've got, you know, after WooCommerce, after order process, or you hook into the checkout processing hook and you assign a, an order priority, And it's, it can be based on a multitude of things, not just the shipping. It could be based off of, okay, where, which warehouse is this product in? How close is it to the client? Based on our historical data of our actual delivery times for a given uh, shipping provider and method, which again, this is all things that we log in analytics, you kind of, it's, I don't want to call it machine learning because there are people that know that have forgotten more about machine learning than I have, but it's essentially the same idea. You just collect as much data as you can. You look at it and you, and you make better decisions. You kind of pre-stage decisions based off of an expected data set. So like a customer comes in, and they say, okay, I need it. I need it in two days. Well, the nearest warehouse is in New York. The customer's in Nevada. And it needs to, so it needs to go next day air. If if the cutoff time for these orders is three thirty p.m. at that warehouse, blah 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 blah. It's it literally is an onion like you described. Um, but it, in ter- going back to the advice, absolutely, just stick with what WooCommerce can do well, which is be a data provider. And if you're making plugins that that are integrating with with some you know, front end app that's actually that the warehouse employees are interacting with. Then, if you change data sets and whatnot, it's not going to necessarily affect the front end app. The front end app would be, have to be adapted, and vice versa. They're not co. Uh, they're not very strongly tied together to where you introduce something on one end, and it has to be accounted for on the other. It, it they can be somewhat independent
1: yeah i i i i lo- i think that's great advice i love that type of setup and and it's very topical right now right headless decoupled um we're doing a lot of it you know at web dev it's 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 a pretty hot topic right now and and the benefits on the on the e commerce side are are huge um
2: even more than word than WordPress core
1: yeah i would agree and there's even i know there's other commerce platforms basically that is their offering is they are a headless i know bold commerce is a similar one where they are all about we're headless. We're decoupled. We're not going to disrupt your current site, you know, which is is actually an interesting um, angle. It it is less uh, it, depending on the setup. There's always you know the caveat of of your situation, but it could be less um, risky uh, introducing maybe a new c- uh, commerce platform on the back end. Um, like you said, if your front end is already hooked up, right. You could, o- you could even have two commerce platforms. It might be a little crazy to do that, but you could, right. Just like you could have WordPress and another CMS pumping data into the same front end, right. It's the same type of setup. Now I don't, there, there's probably some right use cases of why that would make sense on the e-commerce side. I can't think of on top of my head. <laughs> Sounds a little crazy to me, but just a theory, like the idea of being able to do stuff like that sometimes at the very least, you could say, Hey, this is. Uh, having a decoupled setup makes it less risky if we ever did want to switch platforms we could stand up you know a WooCommerce while we wind down our other platform it just pushes into that that decoupled front end you know so i think that the possibilities of of headless commerce are just astronomical you know i think it just really opens the door for so many cool things
2: yeah and one project that i'm that i'm keeping a very close eye on and i don't know if you guys have been following on twitter but carl alexander's Uh, Emir product, um, which is essentially a cloud-based WooCommerce setup um, that's a much different take where it's spawning... um, Oh, gosh. What's it it called? What's the thing where you... you, you, The the no-code thing where you trigger an action on AWS?
1: Um, I know what you're talking about.
2: Oh, my gosh. What am I... (laughs) Why am, I, why am I drawing a blank?
1: Are you talking about Lambda on AWS?
2: Yes. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I, I remember it had a weird name. It, it, it took me a couple of searches.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. I was thinking of Greek letters. Llama, llama, llama. Like, uh... <laughs> Nerds. Yeah. Yeah. So it, essentially these stored procedures on Amazon that run when they're Needed. It's it's not like a server that's running twenty four seven ready to serve requests. This one's ready to serve requests and and run code on demand. And but they spawn these individual little processes. Um, and it that pro the Emir project from Carl. It I, I saw some some data on it where he was able to have is either three hundred or three thousand concurrent users in WooCommerce checkout on the very smallest T2 micro instance on AWS. And that is, that is mind blowing. Yeah. To dive a little bit deeper into what you're saying about the advantages of the decoupled it, I've always had the foundational belief that, Clients should never be dependent upon something when they paid you for it once. If they ask you to build something, you should build it as robust as possible to where they're not coming back to you a month later. You should ex- try to explore avenues and ask the questions that the client has not thought of yet and say, Well, you know, okay, I get it. You're not, for example, Reebok. But the challenges are the same you're You're growing to a point where you have a warehouse. you have all of this, and warehousing is just one part of the e-commerce pie if you divide it up you you've got accounting, you've got legal, you've got marketing you've got you got all these different things that you may end up having third party services for and if you concentrate all of your customization. Into one bucket, which is WordPress Core WooCommerce, instead of making them just an agnostic data provider, you're at some point that will come back to bite you. It's not if, it's when. Because, I mean, let's be frank: it, it, these companies get acquired, they change direction. Um, you know, lead developers disappear. I mean, my experience in OS Commerce shows that that once what once was a giant. Um, Although a niche giant but once you ask the question okay free OS commerce solution or free e-commerce solution OS commerce was number one and there was not a number two forever until uh, Magento came along which I know those guys because they were OS commerce guys and then PrestaShop same thing they were OS commerce guys.
1: Yeah, pretty cool. And I got to say, not to 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 sidetrack, but we have video on. I know this is audio only, but your background is one of the cooler backgrounds. Flexing back here, you got the three D printer going. I don't know. I can't quite see what you're uh, what you're making, but it's kind of neat to see it go in the background. <laughs> Assuming that's real and not like a Zoom thing, it looks real. <laughs> yeah, I've been mesmerized by that.
2: <laughs> no, no, it's 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 very real. Um, I I'm not sure mostly I am known in the WordPress core community as the crazy Christmas light guy. Um, because I'm one of those guys that have $60,000 sunk (laughs) into Christmas lights and they're animated to music and whatnot. And sort of a a side hustle that I have is 3d printing bits and pieces for that hobby for other people to, to buy. I'm not selling them for profit. I'm just selling them at cost, but, um, But 3D, uh, you know, I'm kind of a hardware nerd, and, um, you know, so I I do that. I've been doing woodworking for years and building on the house, and, um, but yeah, that's it's right now. It's printing a little, a little adapter for some Christmas lights stuff.
0: Pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, I was on your site, and under your services, I saw web development and Christmas lights, and I thought. Okay, now I've, I've got a. Am I seeing this right? And then it was like, oh, okay. I, I went there and saw your um, what you're selling there and stuff. So yeah, uh, very interesting. It's it's like you know, I, and what's really funny about that is you know somebody's on your site and they're looking. I mean, not everybody does Christmas lights, but there is some potential there of getting going down another uh, tunnel when they're on your site. It's like, oh yeah, Christmas lights. Now wait. Maybe I don't need a web developer, but I am really interested in Christmas lights.
1: <laughs> hey, just
0: think, Bob. Like you could set up some cool
1: triggers. Every time you make a sale, like the lights on your house start, like play a little, you know, cha ching song. <laughs> oh, and start they all go green, and every every sale that comes, have you can have some fun with that?
2: And in the in the there's there's you know, like I said, Christmas lights is a hobby, um, and there's a huge community around that. Uh, don't you know? Don't don't miss that. Mm-hmm. And in the Christmas lights community. I'm the guy who's the the crazy web developer (laughs) who can essentially like uh, this past Christmas. I added a Twilio integration on the on the Christmas lights website uh, where when someone is sitting out in front of the house, they could hit a button on their phone and it would send me a text message saying that they're requesting stickers for their kids. Um, And that would immediately send me a text message and also i've integrated where there's there's essentially 11 raspberry pis out in the front yard when the show is going and all of those talk to the website in real time in the background using a service worker and they query the show to say what's playing how much time is left are we between shows and this sort of thing or is it or is it that done for the night it, it, all this sort of stuff so my web development experience is paid huge dividends there and um and i've been a little bit involved with um the open source projects that that power that because those are all mostly open source and actually the couple of the few times that i've been able to talk to matt in person he, he is extremely interested in it um to the point where that's mostly what we talk about because he's he's very interested in the software the hardware the open source nature of it um and he's he's very he's very very interested in it. We we actually talk about that way more than, than WordPress stuff. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough,
1: I think it's cool. It's pretty fascinating to geek out on stuff like that. So it's pretty neat. We'll have to look up some uh, maybe we can get some, a video of your lights or some pictures uh, and share with the show.
2: Yeah, it's uh, lightson dot com. It's it should be there.
1: Of course, the web guy has his own website, right? <laughs> Brad's already <laughs> heading there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, and at, yeah, that's like one of my tiny little pet projects. It's kind of like an experiment. That one's built with Svelte, which is like, you know, web developers are all in a cold sweat about that one, um, or front-end devs because it's the new thing now. Um, but it's essentially a similar vein as React and Vue. It's just a little bit more developer friendly, I guess I'd put it. It's a little bit dumbed down, but it it works perfectly fine for something like that.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. This is, this is, this is for the other, this is for the holiday show. You know, we'll have to come back to David. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Like that is uh, every, yeah. Part of the reason everybody knows I'm the Christmas light guy is because most of them now know that between October, late September, and february i'm gone i'm i'm there whenever i feel like it but i pretty much take a sabbatical every year to just do that so i work my butt off for the first 9 months of the year so i could take off 3 4 months at the end and just sit out in my ro- uh, in the road every night with a a jacket and some traffic wands and a bucket collecting donations and talking on the microphone to people and just that's, that's where my passion is for that point of the year. And I think, I think it helps me from burnout on various things because it's like, I've got this planned break every year. It's cool. And um, I, I realize I'm extremely fortunate to be able to do that, but it's, but it's something I've been doing for a, a very long time. And now it's just that the Christmas lights thing is much more visible and much more of a, I don't, I d I d wouldn't call it a celebrity thing, but like you know, when it shows up on your local <laughs> news stations, it's it it's gotten a life of its own and I have mm-hmm. to I have to tend to it.
0: Well I'm gonna I'm making a note that um later on in the year we'll have this special um Woo Builder live feed event from David's front yard. Oh, yep. And um yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be so, in my Santa so, hat. So, yeah, That's it's awesome. so, so noted. So cool. Uh one of the things I wanted to I, I know um got into the warehousing quite a bit, but I wanted to uh, slip back to something you had said earlier in the conversation on your journey, and that is that when you were in WooCommerce or doing WooCommerce, you said, hey, I need to start understanding and getting into WordPress core more because basically it lives on top of it. And I just wanted to revisit that and have a few thoughts from you because a lot of the direction of this show, I mean, besides, you know, WooCommerce is the importance of staying on top of WordPress core, especially these days with everything happening. And it just want to obviously was something very, you, even, you know, back then you felt that it was critical and probably is a good idea for a lot of the people that are either building products or sites with WooCommerce to, you know, be on top of and take more advantage of and be involved with.
2: Sure. For, um, I, I think everybody has their own motives. Um, when it comes to WordPress core um, I think in the beginning, I think for all of us, it's about uh, chasing props <laughs> and chasing those little badges on our profile page. And then after a while, I think once you've gotten the props, if you're still there, it really shows a, a true commitment. I I like to think that, that um, you know, like Brad said earlier, I've, I've, I feel like I've earned a little bit of trust in the WordPress core community. And I, I, I'm not sure that I actually attribute that to myself more to who I was fortunate enough and privileged enough to latch on to when I actually did finally raise my hand. Um, because I did spend several years lurking in the course slack and on track and sort of absorbed and figured out, OK, this is this person. This is this person. This is you know, these are the actual leaders. And um, pri- after five point two was released, uh, Josepha, you know, during dev chat, um, basically said, you know, hey, if you if you'd like to think about leading a release, we want to try this idea of a of a squad. And um, I think that was twenty nineteen, early twenty nineteen. Yeah, so that was me and French. I was leading the dev chat. When Francesca raised her hand to say, hey, I want to be involved, too, she she ended up being the release coordinator because that's her skills. My skills are more a little bit more technical. So I was put in the triage role with that connection I'd built with Giuseppe. She was like, hey, funnily enough, we're having the the automatic grand meetup down in Orlando and I'm in I'm only an hour and a half north of there. So she said, I want to meet you. So I drove down, got a hotel at the same place they were having the, the meetup party that night and met her, met, uh, met Gary Pendergrass in, in, in person, uh, met Matt, that was the first time I met Matt in person. Um, so I, I think it's, it's more along the lines of, of pure luck. And, um, and, and of course I've been able to build on that and, and establish some of my own merit as well, but, but, um. I think if if someone is coming into it blind, I would say just raise your hand, say I'd like to help. There are hundreds of people who can point you in the right direction. Sustained commitment is valued more than the amount of commitment. If you can only contribute soft skills, that's fine. For this for this release squad model that Giuseppe that tried for five three five five three through five seven. There was a, a docs lead, and there was a marketing lead, and there was a um, it was a Gutenberg lead, of course. And then there's the release coordinator, who's just kind of you know thirty thousand foot view, managing everything. You don't have to have technical skills to to get involved, even on track. If you learn track as as another soft skill, you don't have to necessarily have huge technical skills to to even be in the triage role because it's just saying it's just asking questions it's just saying hey what's the next step on this ticket what's the next step on this feature who who do we need to get involved here to move this forward is this moving forward do we need to punt it to the next release like so my journey is a little bit unique and i realized i kind of like went from zero to 11 really 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 quick but i think that was mostly because I'd I'd observe for a while, but if I would say somebody coming in and they wanted to take a similar path, it, it would be raise your hand immediately and just start reaching out to people, making connections, and just pace yourself.
0: Oh. Cool. And I'd like zero to eleven. I like any little um um referral to spinal tap. So um pick
1: it up to eleven, Bob.
0: Yeah, that's just one more. Anyway, um, yeah, this has been an excellent uh show. I really Think that especially if developers are looking at getting into this warehouse thing. Uh, that is something that they definitely need to understand before moving ahead. And and I think you have a lot of that experience, and you have a lot to share.
2: But most of this is hard earned experience from clients. Um, uh, you know, er- everybody you know hates name dropping, but I- I've been involved all the way from say Reebok down to companies that are, you know, net, uh, running just a couple million dollars a year in sales. And that's usually the window where they start to need it. And like I said, if, if we can just get out in front of some of these decisions before they're made, it's very, 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 very critical. But I'm happy to deep dive on the hardware on, The software side, any it was actually you know back in the in the 2000s, I actually had my own you know before these companies existed as software as a service companies where they're providing inventory and returns and stuff like that. I had my own. It wasn't available out there. I didn't try to sell it, but I called it Project Greenlight because it was a it was an old school and Brad will remember old school pick to light system, which was that when you did something good the 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 order picker picked the right thing it it turned green the screen turned green and their and their little thing buzzed and if it was bad it turned red and so I just thought of it as a you know stoplight and a red light and that became the genesis for all of that Now I don't do it that, that way anymore because I realized very early on that you there is no Despite these companies being out there, they may work for one, they may work for less than 10% of every, all the use cases out there. The, these, every situation I've been in is very, 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 very different. And I would urge you, whether it's me or somebody else, please seek out somebody that has some experience in this to, before you start making any decisions. Or if you're a developer, same thing. Please don't just willy nilly it and, Try to build something because you're not just building code. You're you're essentially establishing a new business process that has to be not only dealt with by employees and managers and the owners of the company, but it's something that that in it invariably has to be iterated on as well. It cannot be a static thing. So. Please seek someone out. No matter no matter who you are, if you, if you don't know what you are doing, please seek somebody else.
1: Plan up ahead, right? So you don't have to go back and fix it later. That's always it's always sound advice on this show, right, Bob? Yeah, this is great. i uh, definitely could keep going, David. Always. It's been a lot of fun digging in. Um, some cool and, and and honestly, a lot of topics we haven't we haven't touched on too much. So that's been a lot of fun, and we even learned about some fun. Uh, one of your fun hobbies of Christmas lights, which I'm going to check out your video here. As soon as we're done, I'm excited to see what it looks like. It looks, the pictures look cool though. Um, so definitely appreciate you having on. We want to thank our sponsors uh, one last time. Yoast SEO. Uh, if you uh, know anything about the web, you know, SEO is vital to the success of your website and your e-commerce and or WooCommerce site. Yoast SEO is a no brainer. Get it on your site, easily activate, integrate with all of WooCommerce. Just check out yoast.com for more details And we also want to thank OS Training, whether it's for yourself or to help your clients understand their Woo shop and more. Check out OSTraining.com. And we actually had um, Robbie Adair from OS Training on a few episodes ago. Right, Bob? So that was a fun conversation. Right. Check that out if you're curious to hear a little bit more about what uh, her and the team have been doing over there. But definitely doing some cool stuff. So happy to have them on as a sponsor. Um, and also we always want to remind everyone to make sure you go to do the woo.io slash subscribe, uh, subscribe to, um, uh, the website that we can get updated on the show and all sorts of news that Bob likes to put out through do the woo. So definitely subscribe there. Um, David, again, thanks for being on the show. Uh, where can people find you online? Where's a good place to connect?
2: Uh, I think probably the, the quickest place is just go to my wordpress.org profile. Uh, that's, profiles.wordpress.org forward slash David Baumwald, all one word, uh, B-A-U-M-W-A-L-D. That will link to Twitter and, and my personal website, which is, uh, dream dash and Um, and then that's pretty much starting point for anybody who's trying to seek me out.
1: Um, Very cool. Well, thanks for being on the show, David, um, everything you do for WordPress and WooCommerce. We certainly appreciate it. So, All right. For Bob WP, for uh, David B., for Brad W., it's another episode of Do the Woo. We'll see you next time.